You're listening to Tom Fitton's weekly update here on JW TalkNet. Hi, everyone. Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton here with the Judicial Watch's weekly update on social media. Thanks for joining us. The coup controversy continues with the outrageous impeachment effort against President Trump. I'll give you an update on that. Plus, is justice finally coming? The Justice Department let it be known that there is now a criminal investigation into the spygate targeting of President Trump. Plus, Judicial Watch has astonishing new information on all of these scandals. Uh, We've got information that the liberal media was colluding with the Justice Department to target President Trump. And once again, we've got even more smoking gun information showing that Hillary Clinton's uh, email scandal is even worse than we thought. We've got a document that shows both the Benghazi cover-up and the Clinton email cover-up all at once. So uh, some major information. On top of that, we've got the name of the application used by the Deep State State Department over in our Ukrainian embassy to target Trump world. So you'll want to listen in on that as well. A lot to talk about. Uh, The big news first, obviously, is the breaking information first reported by the New York Times that the Justice Department, namely U.S. Attorney John uh, Durham, who was appointed by uh, Attorney General Barr to investigate the origins and the uh, manipulation of our intelligence community uh, in terms of the spygate targeting of President Trump, uh, the New York Times reported first that it is now a criminal investigation. Now, it confirms our suspicions that the initial investigation was not a criminal investigation, despite what everyone was saying. It was an initial inquiry. It was an administrative review. Obviously, they found something big to justify escalating it into a criminal investigation. Well, finally, it's long past due, uh, and uh, it is something the deep state is very angry about. It is the real reason, the fear of this type of development was the real reason for the impeachment coup against President Trump. Uh, Judicial Watch has been in the forefront of pushing the Justice Department publicly to do a serious criminal investigation. We think it should have been done immediately by the Trump administration, but of course, the deep state wouldn't allow that. Jeff Sessions made the horrible decision to Uh, recuse himself from the Russia investigation, and then uh, Rod Rosenstein, in in league with uh, Andrew McCabe, uh, the anti-Trumper, then wrongly and improperly appointed and corruptly appointed uh, Special Counsel Mueller to harass the president for two years. So therefore, the whole Russia hoax canard was uninvestigated. In fact, it was pursued aggressively against President Trump through the corrupt Mueller investigation. So thankfully, the president fired Jeff Sessions, which in my view was the most significant personnel decision of his presidency thus far, and hired Attorney General Barr. And Attorney General Barr came in, saw what was up with Mueller, and uh, I don't know this for a fact, but essentially he gave them uh, the message that you need to finish this up. Uh, It's going nowhere, you need to finish it up. I think if President Trump hadn't fired Sessions, the Mueller investigation would probably still be going on harassing and abusing President Trump and all sorts of other innocent Americans. So uh, then Barr said, look, we're going to investigate this issue. Uh, He had concerns about the uh, basis 
for the so-called counterintelligence investigation that morphed into this criminal investigation into President Trump's uh, uh, connections to Russia, which were zilch. And now the, uh, the administration has found, or the Justice Department has found, enough information to uh, generate a criminal inquiry, which means that you'll finally get a grand jury, potentially, that is serious about getting to the bottom of what went on with the illicit targeting of President Trump. Needless to say, the deep state is furious. Uh, Jerry Nadler and Adam Schiff uh, have denounced it, uh, suggested the Justice Department isn't independent. Well, it isn't independent. Uh, not under our Constitution. The Justice Department reports to the President of the United States. It's the big lie that it's independent that led to the abuses of the Justice Department and the FBI to harass and target President Trump as if uh, they, uh, he reported to them as opposed to the other way around. It's that abuse of power by Justice Department officials who, quote, think they're independent that led to this uh, terrible corruption scandal, the worst in modern American history for sure. So it's good news, however belated, that there's a criminal investigation into Spygate targeting. And what I suspect is uh, generated this, and I've talked to you about this before, is the idea that the whole Russiagate thing was a fraud to begin with, in the sense that there was never a good faith basis by the Justice Department or the FBI or anyone else involved in any of this to uh, believe that the Trump campaign was uh, an agent of Russia and colluding with Russia. There was never a good faith basis. Uh, the dossier, when you look at the dossier paid for by the FBI, written with the help of the Kerry State Department, paid for by the Democratic National Committee, paid for by the Clinton campaign, it's obviously a fraud. It's kooky. When you read it, you say, this is crazy town. But the FBI pretended it was serious enough to justify spying on the Trump team. Uh, and then you have uh, details about this, uh, this Joseph Misfood, who supposedly has connections to Russia intelligence, but is more likely a Western intelligence source. It's as strongly suggested. And then you've got all this spying going on on the Trump campaign through Stephen Halper and other illegal targeting of uh, the president and or then candidate Trump and people around him. And I think what they're going to find is that all of this so-called intelligence that the Russians were colluding with Trump came out of the CIA and FBI, that there really was no independent corroboration of it. And uh, I've called it the self-licking ice cream cone. Who are your sources? Me, myself, and I. That was the uh, Justice Department, FBI approach to targeting Trump. And of course, you had this base motive for doing it, which is uh, Strzok and Page admitting in the text messages they hated Trump. You have Andrew Weissman, the deputy uh, guy under Mueller, uh, who was also handling this investigation. We'll talk about him later. Uh, notorious anti-Trumper, pro-Hillary Clinton. So there was all this motive to create and concoct this. And I think, uh, based on all the various reports, is that uh, Barr and Durham, in their initial review, uh, figured out that the basis for the Russia intelligence investigation was a fraud. 
at least as it relates to targeting President Trump. Now, there may have been concerns that the Russians were buying, uh, spending $100,000 or so on fake Facebook accounts to mess with our elections and support Trump one day, support Hillary the other day, and then someone else on the third day. Uh, but that's not the issue. The issue was that uh, the FBI and the Justice Department went beyond that and suggested there was some sort of collusion. And there was never, uh, they didn't have any independent information. So when, for instance, the dossier references Russia intelligence sources, I suspect we're going to find in the end there were no Russia intelligence sources. And to the degree they were, quote, Russia intelligence sources, they were probably working for us too. And uh, it was that fraud that I think is generating uh, uh, this criminal inquiry. We'll see. But the deep state's very nervous about it. Uh, the, uh, the democratic media complex is nervous about it. And so uh, you can see also why the coup was uh, instituted and the impeachment inquiry was instituted against President Trump, because they knew this was coming. I mean, Schiff knew what was happening. He knew what had been done. He was intimately involved with all of this. He may as well have had a seat on the board of directors of Fusion GPS or been a partner, whatever the, I don't know what the corporate structure is. But the point being that they all were in on it. So they knew what Barr, if left to his own devices, was going to find. So what do you do to inoculate yourself from a criminal investigation? Suggest it's in retaliation for impeachment. And what do you do to get an impeachment inquiry going? Despite knowing there's no basis for it, you concoct a fraudulent charge related to Ukraine. More of the same. So this whole impeachment inquiry is kabuki theater designed to uh, protect uh, those who really did, in my view, significant criminal acts to target President Trump and victimize him. And what are the crimes potentially? There are whole legions of crimes. You've got conspiracy, you have civil rights violations, you have fraud, all sorts of things. And uh, the Justice Department can't act on this soon enough. Uh, they need to move quickly. Uh, they need to start being serious about this. And I, I appreciate the news that they've got the grand jury power. Uh, but, you know, what are they going to do? Are they, are they going to exercise it? Are they going to go after those who... Uh, need investigation and bring them in and haul them in before grand juries. If you want these abuses to stop, you need to be willing to enforce the rule of law, even against the most powerful in our political system. Uh, who has to worry about this? Who should be worrying about this? Well, Barack Obama should be worrying about this. Vice President Biden should be worried about this. James Clapper should be worried about this. John, Bran John Brennan, Lisa Page, Peter Strzok, James Comey, Andrew McCabe, Loretta Lynch, James Baker, former general counsel for the FBI, Bruce Orr, Nellie Orr, Glenn Simpson, Fusion GPS, Hillary Clinton, Bruce Orr, Nellie Orr, obviously Christopher Steele, who knows who else? John Kerry, the State Department was a center of anti-Trump activity on Russiagate. That needs to be investigated. 
CIA was spying on Trump, it's pretty clear, based on all the publicly available information. The outrage is, why is it taking so long? Now, do I think anything's going to happen? I don't know. I'm hopeful. As you know, I've been suspicious. You had this Comey IG report that came out delineating, well, actually referring, they had referred Comey for criminal investigations. And Justice Department dropped the ball there. Will they drop the ball here? I don't know. The FISA gate report may have been, played a role in escalating this to a criminal inquiry. We'll see. I, we can be hopeful, but Judicial Watch um, never takes it for granted that the right thing will be done. I mean, otherwise we would have shut down years ago. Oh, the Justice Department's investigating this. Oh, don't worry, they were investigating Clinton emails. Oh, don't worry, Congress is investigating Benghazi. Oh, don't worry, Congress is investigating the IRS. Oh, don't worry, Congress is investigating Fast and Furious. Oh, don't worry, we have uh, the, uh, a new Justice Department. They'll take care of the Hillary Clinton issue, finally. They'll investigate Spygate. Well, it's three years later, none of that's been done substantially. So obviously better late than never, but Judicial Watch is not going to stop. And we've got uh, nearly 60 lawsuits at this point targeting the deep state conspiracy against President Trump and you, the American people, and our Constitution. And virtually everything we know about the illicit targeting of President Trump is as a result of Judicial Watch's work, either directly or indirectly. And you can bet this Justice Department investigation would never have happened but for uh, the uh, incessant pressure of Judicial Watch, other independent operators and investigators like Sarah Carter and John Solomon, pressure from intrepid members of Congress like Devin Nunes, uh, Meadows, Jordan, Gates, people like that, Chuck Grassley. Uh, you know, that would, none of this would be proceeding as it ought to without the pressure of Judicial Watch. And what I mean by pressure, I mean you. Because we only are able to uh, get the word out because of your support. And obviously, you help us get the word out by uh, looking at our information, sharing it, spreading it, demanding action from your members of Congress. And we get the results. I always talk about Judicial Watch does the heavy lifting. It's this heavy lifting that gets these results that result in criminal investigations. There's more than enough information that Judicial Watch has uncovered on Spygate, the collusion, the payments, the corruption. They didn't even need a grand jury. They could have taken all our FOIA documents and started issuing indictments based on that. I exaggerate only slightly. But without, it's there. So we can take credit for at least this positive development. Now, I hope it results in serious prosecutions. We'll see. Uh, but you were never going to get a prosecution if you didn't have a criminal inquiry. And as I've been warning you, there hadn't been a criminal inquiry until as we just learned, at least today. So we'll see what happens. It's good news. Uh, the Judicial Watch takes 
uh, a good deal of credit in uh, forcing the Justice Department to do the right thing here, or at least the appearance of the right thing. Well, you know, we have to maintain our healthy skepticism here, but we'll see what happens. And so, as I said, in the meantime, Judicial Watch will continue to uncover the truth. And, you know, we, we're having success uh, in terms of even getting Congress to even begin contemplating doing the right thing. So you've got the coup cabal continuing in Congress. You had the members of the House Republicans uh, caucus. Some of them showed up at this uh, uh, secret hearing room, the SCIF as it's called, uh, to uh, protest essentially and demand access uh, to the testimony of uh, improperly obtained, in my view, of uh, at least in this case, the, uh, the protests took place during a Defense Department official's uh, when she was about to testify. Look, I recognize it's a political uh, operation when the Republicans do that. But we also recognize when the Democrats are doing secret hearings and then leaking selectively the uh, material from those hearings without the full context, that's also a political operation. So I recognize you've got competing political uh, operations going on. The Republicans obviously defending President Trump, uh, uh, the Democrats pursuing uh, the, their, their impeachment against him. Uh, the question is, what, what, what's the rule of law? What, you know, wh where, who's on the side of the rule of law here? And of course, Judicial Watch is. The Republicans sometimes are. Sometimes the Democrats end up being on the side of the rule of law, depending on the issue. I don't, I, you know, just because it's the other side from uh, many of you doesn't mean they're always wrong. Sometimes someone in the Trump administration does something wrong. It's possible, yes, it's possible. And it's not, it's not the Trump administration's friends who are gonna call attention to it, it's his political enemies. And just because your political enemy says you did something wrong, it doesn't mean that they are wrong about it. You may question their motives, uh, you may question their hypocrisy, you may question whether or not they're just calling uh, the kettle, what is it? The pot calling the kettle black. But that's the, uh, that's the reality of what's going on here in Washington, D.C. now. And you can trust Judicial Watch to kind of call it as we see it. The Republicans have no power in the House effectively to stop an abusive impeachment of President Trump. They don't. By numbers, there's nothing they can do. But the only power they have is to persuade the American voters that the process is inappropriate, and that's what they're trying to do. Uh, the more substantial power is exercised by the Senate, who have the power to try uh, impeachments uh, or officials uh, impeached by the House. And as it's been only Judicial Watch, only Judicial Watch, that has been pushing for the Senate to say no to the coup. Stop the coup. Don't buy into the big lie that you are required by the Constitution to have a trial when the House abusively impeaches someone like President Trump and that the Senate should say, no, we're not going to participate in this process. And uh, we were the only ones saying it, at least I was. Uh, I, you know, maybe someone else is saying it. You know, it's a big world. Uh, but in terms of uh, high-profile uh, groups and individuals here in Washington, D.C., we were virtually alone in highlighting this issue. The Senate should say no to the coup. And sure enough, Senator Lindsey Graham, who's been criticized correctly, in my view, 
for uh, not doing enough to expose this from his perch at the Judiciary Committee, uh, this being the coup attack and uh, also the corruption involved in uh, setting the president up on Ukraine uh, and the other issues that have arised in terms of corruption over the last uh, year or so. Uh, Senator Lindsey Graham has a resolution that I think has almost every Republican on it. I'm not sure what the current number is, condemning the Democratic uh, coup attack. Now, does it go as far as I want it to go? No, but nothing like it was on the table until Judicial Watch started yelling about it and you started calling your senator's offices. So uh, this resolution uh, seems like it might be a good start, but uh, the Republicans need to understand that the current process is illicit, violative of the rule of law, an abuse of the powers given to the House to impeach elected officials such as President Trump. Uh, the process under which they're impeaching President Trump is without precedent in terms of denying the president basic rights. And let me say this, I don't think the administration is objecting strongly enough to the impeachment. Obviously, President Trump is calling it a coup. He said, stop the coup. He's tweeting Judicial Watch to last uh, our, our material on this issue. But all these witnesses are going to testify on Capitol Hill. For the life of me, I don't understand why the administration is not rushing to court. Why isn't the administration rushing the court to stop the testimony and preserve the president's prerogatives, preserves the president, preserve the president's civil rights, and preserve classified information? Because these leaks, I, I, I've, you know, because of the work we do at FOIA under the Freedom of Information Act, we know, I have a good instinct for when material is classified and what type of material typically is classified. And when the government is describing the reactions of foreign governments to policies and discussions from the United States, that is almost invariably classified. And what I see is a lot of discussion by deep state officials some of whom are, uh, I guess, technically Trump appointees, but obviously no fans of the president, of classified matters. And that is being leaked willy-nilly. The administration is letting it be uh, uh, generated or, or, or provided to the House outside the regular process. I don't understand why it's, being, why it's happening. Well, I do. But uh, something needs to be done about it. And let me just say this about the complaints about the president in Ukraine. I, and again, I think I'm the only one who says the president has, other than the president, he has nothing to be embarrassed about Ukraine. The Obama administration worked, and, and I'm sure this is why Durham is criminally investigating it, worked with a half a dozen countries, it looks like, to target President Trump in an unprecedented spy operation to target candidate Trump and then President Trump. They used virtually every intelligence agency's resources to target him. It was all hands on deck to target him. One of the countries involved in this was Ukraine. And the idea that the President of the United States, when he's being asked to sign off on a check for a half a billion dollars or almost a billion dollars, whatever the number is, 
without asking questions about what the heck's going on. Why are you protecting Biden? What did you do with your involvement in the election? I want some accountability. A core presidential function as the leader of the country to conduct foreign policy. And they're going to impeach him over that? Meanwhile, we're all supposed to take a nap when told and fall asleep when we're told that Obama worked with six countries, or maybe two, maybe three, it doesn't matter, to spy on his political opponent? Barack Obama should be the target of an impeachment inquiry if the House was honest. And you may say, well, he's no longer president. He can't be impeached. That's not true. And I say that knowing that President Obama isn't going to be impeached, but the point is the abuse of power, the illicit use of government resources to attack your political opposition occurred during the Obama administration. And for President Trump to follow up on that and say what went on and who was involved, and I want accountability before I send tax dollars over there, which, by the way, ended up going perfectly appropriate. They try to pretend it's a, a quid pro quo as if it's improper to demand accountability for taxpayer expenditures. And to see these State Department officials who at the same time they're protecting Hillary Clinton, I've talked to you repeatedly, they're protecting Hillary Clinton, the bureaucracy over there. They did it during the administration of Barack Obama on our emails, and they continue to this day. And the same bureaucracy is basically running over each other to cooperate with the kookaball in the House to target Trump. These ambassadors didn't like the president's policy on Ukraine. And obviously, they didn't care that Ukraine was corrupt. They didn't care when the State Department resources were being used to spy on Trump, but now it's the end of the world that Trump had delayed an aid package for six weeks over this core corruption that threatens our republic. You call it a quid pro quo, I call it the president doing his job. I'm tired of everyone running away from the issue. You hear these deep state bureaucrats whining about the president because they, you know, they didn't want to gum up whatever their public policy was on Ukraine. I don't know about you, but I object to sending any money to Ukraine. If you want to give them guns and weapons, that's fine because there's a military and strategic relationship there. But aid? Huh. It's always a waste of money. It's always a waste of money. So what's going to happen? The Democrats are going to rush to impeachment. And it's interesting. They've backed off two things. Oh, this whistleblower, the most important person in the world, the hero of the republic. They don't want him to testify. Why? Because of the corruption involved in the leak to Adam Schiff and Schiff's subsequent lies. Two. The secrecy. Everyone was yelling about the Republicans 
showing up and making the point about the illegal secrecy. Oh, the next day the Democrats assured the public and said, oh, we're going to have public hearings. Now, they're obviously not going to be sufficient as a matter of due process, but two issues that the Democrats have backed away from because of corruption, called out on their corruption. One is the cover-up of the uh, whistleblower. Two, they admit it's been too secret and they are committing to public hearings. This is why you always have got to be fighting for the rule of law. You assume because the politicians are doing it one way, they can't change their mind. They do it all the time. And don't presume that a politician who disagrees with you won't hear you if you call them up and say, this is my view. I encourage, if Democrats in Republican districts should call Republicans. Republicans in Democratic districts should call their Democratic representatives. I mean, some of them are not going to, you know, I appreciate, some offices are not going to care what your views are if they don't share your philosophy. But in my experience, all politicians care what their constituents think. The smart ones do. And you can see the Democrats are backing off a little bit. So keep up the pressure. Push for the rule of law. Glad Lindsey Graham is doing this in the Senate. Glad Republicans are standing up, at least rhetorically, against the impeachment effort. It's a, it's a first step. We'll see what else needs to be done. But uh, it shows you why Judicial Watch keeps on doing the work we do independently, because Congress is a mess. It's a political institution. I appreciate that. And we do legal work, and we're in court to get the documents. Congress is doing something else, and it isn't designed to get to the truth. So along those lines, we've got this major revelation out of the Justice Department, an FBI document showing that the media that pretends to be neutral, pretends to be fair, pretends to give the president uh, a fair shake, uh, was out to get him. How were they out to get him? We have a document showing that AP reporters, and this is the headline, gave, D the, gave the DOJ and FBI Ukraine info, info and code to private locker of Paul Manafort in apparent effort to push a criminal investigation. It, it is unbelievable. And who was their contact? Andrew Weissman. This all occurred, Andrew Weissman was the deputy, the anti-Trump deputy to Robert Mueller. And all of this occurred even before uh, Weissman was hired, just before he was hired. So the Associated Press, uh, you got to read the document because, and I encourage you, the document's on our website at judicialwatch.org. It's 30 pages, and it's a full, uh, it's the full FBI memo of the meeting. And uh, it's redacted, obviously, but it shows that the AP was showing up at the doorstep. Weissman had sent this, uh, set this meeting up. And the AP shows up with this information uh, and is pushing for a criminal investigation of Paul Manafort, going so far as to offer the combination code to Manafort's locker, which happened to be, have been raided just a few weeks later by the Weissman-led Mueller special counsel team. Now, does that sound like neutral reporting by the Associated Press? You know, the AP has, 
as uh, this reputation, I think undeserved, of being a fair reporting, just the facts, journalism, news service. It isn't. Like most of the media during the uh, Trump presidency and the end of the Obama administration, uh, they've just, the veil has been fully lifted. They are advocacy organizations that sometimes commit journalism. And the AP is no exception. Uh, and of course, the media is covering this up uh, because they don't want to expose corruption by either the Justice Department targeting Trump or corruption by the media targeting Trump. So this is the purpose of the meeting, according to the June 11th follow-up. Um, the meeting took place in April of 2017. So this is an off-the-record meeting uh, set up by Andrew Weissman, who was then chief of the Justice Department's criminal fraud section, the DOJ, the FBI, and the Associated Press. So the, these are the notes of the meeting. The purpose of the meeting, as it was explained to uh, SSA, the supervisory special agent, whose name is redacted, was to obtain documents from the AP reporters that were related to their investigative reports on Paul Manafort. Of course, we didn't get any of those investigative documents. During the meeting, AP reporters provided the FBI information about the storage locker of Manafort. This is what it says. This is from the FBI document. The AP reporters advised that they had located a storage facility in Virginia that belonged to Manafort. The code to the lock on the locker is, I'll read you the code, you probably won't be able to use it, 409-44859. The reporters were aware of the unit number and address, but they declined to share that information. Well, they really didn't need to because obviously the FBI could easily find that. It's the code that was key. The reporter shared the information, quote, that, quote, payments for the locker were made from DM Partners' account that received money from the Ukraine Party of Regions. The note suggests that the AP pushed for criminal prosecution of Manafort. AP this, is the, this is the FBI notes about what AP was telling them. We've got a train coming by. AP believes Manafort is in violation of the Foreign Agents Registration Act. Oh, surprise, surprise. They were he was prosecuted under that. Rarely prosecuted law, by the way, in that Manafort uh, sent internal U.S. documents to officials in Ukraine. AP has documentation proving this, as well as Manafort noting his understanding doing so would get him into trouble. AP asked about the U.S. government charging Manafort with violating Title 18, Section 1001, for lying to government officials, and it asked if the FBI has interviewed Manafort. FBI and DOJ had no comment in this question. So they're pushing, when you read between the lines here, or frankly, read what's in, our, what's in your face here, they're pushing for a prosecution of Manafort for lying and for violating the Foreign Agents Registration Act. Does that sound like a neutral reporter meeting with government officials? They're going in there to advocate for Manafort's prosecution. According to the FBI's... Um, Right up the AP reporters asked about the FARA violations, Foreign Agents Registration Act violations, and they were generally told they are enforceable. So they were pushing for a prosecution. Now remember, one of the abuses of the Mueller operation was to charge people on violations of law that typically have been handled administratively before. So typically before the uh, targeting of Trump, that if someone was in violation of the Foreign Agents Registration Act, someone said, hey, look, you know, you may want to be, uh, it looks to us like you should be registered, register. And that usually just was the end of the issue. 
And so, uh, and at worst, it was an administrative fine. I think there had only been a handful of prosecutions under it. But then under, uh, because of this Get Trump effort, the Justice Department went to that toolbox to use that rarely enforced law to abuse General Flynn, to abuse Paul Manafort and others. And of course, only the Republicans involved in that Ukraine scandal were successfully prosecuted. Greg Craig, who did exactly what Manafort was alleged to have done, uh, it looks like, uh, was um, found innocent. That's a whole other ball of wax. Although, according to the FBI write-up, no commitments were made by the DOJ to assist the reporters, Andrew Weissman asked the AP to contact foreign authorities to follow up. So they're pretending, you see all the, uh, in, this, in these notes that, oh look, we met with these AP reporters and we were just in receive mode. Oh no, Andrew Weissman tasked the AP to go talk to a foreign government to make sure that all the dirt that could be gotten on Manafort is gotten. This is the notes. These are the notes. After the meeting was started and it was explained to the reporters that there was nothing that the FBI could provide to them, the reporters opted to ask a series of questions to see if the FBI would provide clarification. So you get to play 21 questions with the FBI. No commitments were made to assist the reporters in their further investigation into the life and activities of Paul Manafort. And the AAP reporters understood that the meeting would be off the record. They, the reporters, reiterated that they had written in their article, which was a response from the Cypriot Anti-Money Laundering Authority, that they had fully responded to Department of Treasury agents in response to Treasury requests. This is about Manafort. The AP reporters were interested in how this arrangement worked and if the U.S. had made a formal request. So they're trying to figure out why it is Treasury was sniffing around Manafort. FBI DOJ did not respond, but Weissman suggested that they ask the Cypriots if they had provided everything to which they had access to, or if they'd only provided what they were legally required to provide. So Manafort, uh, Weissman is using the AP as an agent to communicate with a foreign government to get dirt on Paul Manafort. How else would you interpret that? The AP reporters asked if we, the DOJ FBI, would be willing to tell them if they were off base or on the wrong track, and they were advised that they appeared to have good understanding of Manafort's business dealings. So yes, the AP had all their information essentially confirmed by the DOJ and FBI in their investigation into Paul Manafort. AP reporter asked if there had been any official requests to other countries. This is, again, this is this more of this game. The FBI DOJ declined to discuss specifics except to state that the mutual legal assistance treaty requests are negotiated by diplomats, so they should remain at that level. Huh, what does that mean? Maybe. AP reporters told the FBI about the payments in the so-called Black Ledger, a Ukrainian record of allegedly illegally off-the-books payments to Manafort and, uh, you know, others. So remember, this black ledger was leaked by a Ukrainian official during the campaign. So the AP went into this ledger. So this is why Trump was upset, because the Ukrainians were targeting him. They were leaking information to try to undermine his campaign. A gov the government was. So the AP is analyzing this information and bringing it to the Justice Department. 
which is confirming information in the black ledger. And then the AP went through an extensive list of issues with Weissman about Manafort, details I won't bother you with. But it was all designed to generate additional criminal investigations by the FBI and the Justice Department. This work product that had been sent to the Ukraine was described as an internal, quote, White House document. The FBI report stated it was not clear if the document was classified. So they're providing that information on what Manafort allegedly did to the FBI and Justice Department. What sort of reporters do this? I mean, typically when there's a story about the break, a reporter will call up the Justice Department or the FBI at the last minute saying, we're going to report this, do you have any comment? So either they provide no comment or if the reporting is touching on sensitive matters or classified information, uh, the DOJ FBI may go crazy and start calling the editors and saying you can't publish this. It will put criminal prosecutions, people at risk, or classified information at risk. But obviously none of that was at issue here. They were looking for comment. They were looking to push a criminal investigation of Paul Manafort. And Paul Manafort equals Donald Trump. Okay? That's the subtext here. It's all about Donald Trump. Now, what would I do if I saw this type of information and I were President of the United States? I'd see this as one more reason to pardon Paul Manafort. You had this corrupt collusion between the Justice Department and the FBI. You had this abusive prosecution of him. Remember they raided his home pre-dawn raid, guns drawn, and they went in and photographed his suits. AP told Weissman about his suits. President Trump should pardon Paul Manafort, should pardon General Flynn, should pardon virtually every American caught up at Mueller's web. Everyone. Yeah, I know there are people who probably committed crimes. But the prosecutions of them can't be trusted, were corrupted, and should be negated by a presidential pardon. I'm glad there's a criminal investigation going on. What they need to do is criminally investigate or review the whole Mueller investigation and the corruption involved there. We got the proof. And it's, you know, and again, it's the result of a Judicial Watch lawsuit. And, you know, my colleague printed out in preparation and helping me set up for this report to you. Just, you know, when you look at this press release, oh, it's just a few pages, they got one document. But look what goes into all of this. We got the documents, we got the background stories, we've got other documents, we got more background. We've got the lawsuit that we filed. There's a lot of work that goes into every Judicial Watch revelation. And frankly, this is only a fraction of it. I wouldn't be able to lift everything behind lawsuits like this. 
Congress isn't doing this. The Justice Department only does it when we sue them. When did we sue them for this? Because I know we sued them, and uh, they said they are going to give us the documents, and they just delayed and delayed and delayed because they knew this was bad. So we asked for this. Uh, when did we request this? I want to I show you how long this takes to get the information out. July 5th, 2018. We sued in April of this year. So we've waited a year and a half for all the information. Let me pick up all this stuff here, excuse me. So Durham doing is Durham if Durham is doing his work. He should be investigating Mueller, too. Andrew Weissman, the FBI, the corrupt, corrupted investigation that led to prosecutions of Americans tied to Donald Trump, all with the goal of obviously overturning the election, jailing Trump, impeaching him, whatever. The sedition, the seditious, malicious conspiracy, the coup. So... Um, you know, one of the reasons they were obsessed with targeting Trump and distracting the Justice Department was to protect Hillary Clinton. And Judicial Watch, uh, our litigation, uncovered the Clinton email scandal. Remember that. The litigation that most directly impacted the discovery of the Clinton emails was our request for materials on uh, the Benghazi talking points. And Hillary Clinton, we noticed had no, there were no Hillary Clinton emails in the responses from the State Department. So we pushed and pushed, and the State Department finally admitted to the Clinton emails. It's a long story short. Well, the judge in that case was upset because he thought he had been game because the Justice Department and the State Department were trying to, trying to convince us to shut the case down before they had to fess up to the Clinton emails. He wanted to know where the emails are that should have been searched that were deleted. Is there another, any other way of getting them? And he wants to know if Mrs. Clinton was involved, did this all to avoid the Freedom of Information Act. And he also wants to know whether Benghazi was one of the reasons they hid this material. Well, you know what? The judge was asking the right questions because uh, the answer was yes. Benghazi was the reason, or certainly looks that way. Uh, new Benghazi document confirms Clinton email cover-up. Now, this is, this is some of the background on this case. As I said, it would have to be, well, we've got thousands of pages on the emails, but just the voluminous records and the court filings would be enough to overwhelm anyone. Uh, so we were granted discovery by the judge. And uh, as in the course of this discovery, we talked to a witness named John Hackett. Now, Mr. Hackett was a senior records official at the, Justice, at the State Department who essentially said, look, we all knew there was a Clinton email problem. We raised questions about it. They tried to avoid it. They lied about it. All sorts of backing uh, or confirmation of the Clinton email cover-up. And one thing that Hackett had highlighted was that they saw a Clinton email related to Benghazi back in 2014. Well, of course, we're interested in this because we didn't have that document. It was directly responsive to the complaint. Now, what, are the, what was the questions that we were asking in the FOIA request? Tell us about these Benghazi talking points. 
Now, the talking points were the um, talking points allegedly used by Susan Rice in her five Sunday show appearance uh, shortly after the Benghazi attack, where she said a video made them do it, which is a big lie. Spontaneous demonstration in response to the video led to the attack. It was a pre-planned attack. They knew it was an attack at the time. They knew it was pre-planned. There was no demonstration. There was no intelligence suggesting that there was a demonstration. It was all made up. And the intelligence community did not provide the talking points. Ben Rhodes at the White House provided the talking points. How do we know? Because Judicial Watch uncovered the document. That led to the creation of the Select Committee on Benghazi. You wouldn't know about Trey Gowdy, but for Judicial Watch's disclosures on Benghazi. So we asked for the document in discovery. And still, to the, just as recently as a few weeks ago, the State Department and the Justice Department were trying to prevent us from getting the document. We're hedging and stonewalling, and they only gave it to us when we threatened to go to court to compel its production. So they were still covering up. And what does the document show? Well, it's emails, as confirmed by Hackett, that show that in 2014, oh wait, it's a 2012 email, by the way, that Hillary Clinton received an email from her colleague, Jacob Sullivan, who was her top advisor on press matters and things like that. And it was uh, talking points for Hillary Clinton's call with a senator to try to clean up the mess on Susan Rice's phone call. Now, the email is full of fake talking points that were not used by Susan Rice. Uh, suggesting that, oh yeah, they, 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 there was a spontaneous protest in response to the so-called uh, video. So there are two issues here. We get confirmation that the State Department had a document responsive to our FOIA request, right? And it was hidden from us, it was hidden from the court, it was hidden from the American people, and it was a Clinton email. And secondly, it shows that Hillary Clinton and the State Department were directly involved in lying to the Senate, at least, about Benghazi by continuing to push the fake information that Benghazi was the basis, or was the, uh, the attack on Benghazi was a result of a spontaneous protest. Document after document we've uncovered show that they had sufficient warning that an attack was going to take place. We have a document showing that there was no security. The, secure, the local security had fled using the excuse of a contract dispute. On September 11th, 2012, uh, that it was, uh, and we've seen the documents, that it was, they were, the reports were, it were being attacked by terrorists. Hillary Clinton said it was al-Qaeda to her, her daughter the night of the attack. And yet they lied to us about that terrible attack that led to the lives, four lives being lost. Ambassador Stevens, his associate from the State Department, and the two special, retired special operators who were providing security over at the CIA annex afterwards. So new Judicial Watch document uncovers a conspiracy from the State Department and Justice Department 
to hide information from the courts and the American people and you about the big lies of Benghazi. And people wonder, why, why hasn't Hillary Clinton been held accountable? Because the Justice Department that's figuring out whether or not they're going to re-prosecute her, assuming that's even happening, is actually defending her. As I told you, it was only because we threatened to go to court that they give us this document, which shows that they had a Benghazi talking points email that they were hiding from us. Because if it had been disclosed to us in 2014 or 2012, when we first started asking questions about it, we would have known about Clinton's emails back then. That was the purpose in hiding it. And then after emails were disclosed, they still didn't want to give it to us because it would have shown that they were consciously covering up her email usage. Of course, we've got other evidence that was taking place, but now we've got documentary evidence. So uh, right now, uh, we are continuing discovery in this case. Other witnesses are being deposed. And also, the court is considering whether to bring Hillary Clinton in for testimony. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, we've uh, made our argument. Mrs. Clinton's lawyers have come back with their arguments as to why she shouldn't be deposed. I went through that with you recently. And in my view, the arguments were pretty weak. They point to her vague testimony. She says, well, she talked to 11 hours to Congress as if that means anything, substantively to a court trying to get specific information. So uh, we'll see how the court rules here. But Judicial Watch hasn't forgotten about Benghazi. And more importantly, the court hasn't forgotten about the government misconduct and the conduct by Hillary Clinton as it relates to her email system. And uh, I don't know if the government or the Justice Department is going to ever prosecute her on this. But one thing I do know is they need to stop defending the indefensible in protecting her in this FOIA matter. It's unbelievable, and Attorney General Barr needs to stop it, and uh, I, don't under, I don't understand why he hasn't. I really don't. Uh, next up, I talked about last week this new scandal we uncovered tied to Ukraine. Ambassador Yaganovich, who was the Obama-appointed ambassador who was, 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 was drawn by President Trump this year, uh, was seen as unfriendly to President Trump, all sorts of uh, information that she was uh, kind of an anti-Trumper. But we have information, and we had a source that said that just before she was withdrawn, she had directed her staff at the Ukraine embassy, and her staff was doing so, was monitoring American citizens close to Trump um, in violation of the law, their social media posts. They're not allowed to do that under the law. And who were they targeting? This is interesting. It was the president's son, Don Trump Jr. Let me get the list here. The president's lawyer, Rudy Giuliani. The uh, all sorts of Fox News people. All sorts of um, journalists like uh, from OANN, The Daily Wire. Let me get the list here. I don't know where the list is. Public records request. Ah, yes. Jack Posobiec, who is with off, uh, One America News Now, Donald Trump Jr., Laura Ingram of Fox News, Sean Hannity, Michael McFaul, who was Obama's ambassador to Russia, 
the only non-Trump person here. Dan Bongino, Big Dan is on the uh, on. He's a Fox News contributor. Has a great podcast. Uh, Ryan Safidra, who works for uh, the Daily Wire, I believe. Uh, Rudy Giuliani, Sebastian Gorka, the former Trump aide who now has a radio program. John Solomon, the intrepid reporter who's done so much good work on Ukraine and other issues. Lou Dobbs, Pamela Geller, who's another conservative activist online, and Sarah Carter, the investigative journalist. So you would think the media would be concerned that Judicial Watch has this report and investigation well-sourced that there was this illicit spying going on, but of course they don't because uh, it's all about targeting Trump. And they're actually like it when things like this happen. And that's the conclusion I draw based on their lack of interest in exposing the corruption. So uh, we're investigating it. We filed a Freedom of Information Act request. And it's interesting. What, were they want, what did they want information on? They wanted to know when these folks posted social media postings in response to something about, uh, that had the keywords Ukraine, Biden. No, excuse me. The keywords Biden, Soros, Giuliani, and Yanovich. Isn't that interesting? Why would they care what these folks are saying about all those issues? Why would the ambassador to Ukraine be so concerned that they'd be willing to run up, up, run up against and step over the line in terms of the rule of law to target these Americans with this spy operation? And no, it doesn't need to be private information to be illegal spying on Americans. You can have a legal targeting of public activities that's just as violative of your civil rights as someone tapping your phone. And now we have found the name, based on a good source, of the app they were using to do this. It's called, I want to be sure I got the name right, CrowdTangle. It's a tool used to closely watch um, social media. It was developed, or at least bought, by Facebook. And you can't access it. I mean, you may be able to access some of its features, but typically a left-wing Soros-funded organization called the Social Science Research Center is charged with determining who is granted access to CrowdTangle. Earlier this year, Facebook announced that SSRC, this Soros-funded group, will pick researchers who will gain access to its cherished privacy-protected data. Oh, wait, yes, and Soros was on the list of names they were concerned about, too. Coincidence? I don't know. The statement assures us that Facebook did not play any role in the selection of individuals or their projects and will have no role in directing the findings or conclusions of the research. So evidently the government, uh, the State Department has agencies that were able to access this app that the general public is not able to access to target and spy on the social media postings of these individuals. You know, and, and I tell you, if I told you you were on this list, how would you react? You'd be pretty upset, wouldn't you? And if uh, the Washington Post were being monitored like this, or the New York Times, or MSNBC, or CNN, you'd probably hear about it every night that the Trump administration was targeting them. But here we have a deep state-friendly, Obama-appointed, anti-Trump ambassador, potentially illegally monitoring American citizens, journalists, the president's family, and his lawyer, and you don't hear a peep at it, a peep about it from the media. As I told you, they're liberal advocacy groups, and if they, if, if facts come up, 
that contradict their agenda, they don't even, it's even worse than lying about it, they don't even cover it to hide the information from you, the American people. So we've got the details on the name of the app. We've got the ties to Soros about how uh, many people are able to use it. But the bigger issue is that the government was using this resource, using your tax dollars, to spy on Americans because they were nervous about Biden and Soros being put out there in social media. It suggests to me that the coup, the impeachment inquiry, is about protecting people like Biden as opposed to targeting or, or uh, being concerned about any alleged misconduct by President Trump. How do we know? We've proved it in our reporting. So a lot going on. We've got the criminal investigation. We've got Clinton email documents. We've got documents showing illicit collusion between the deep state and the Mueller team and the AP, and then we've got a spy operation targeting Trump world. No one else is doing this work, folks. And I encourage you, if you're not already, to support it directly with a contribution. I encourage you to send the word out about the work we're uncovering, because we gotta educate fellow Americans about this. Ask your elected officials, what are they doing about this? The State Department was abusing power to target Trump's team. The target journalists, what are they doing about it? Write letters to the editor. Share this on Facebook. Share this on Twitter. Share it all over the place. Join our YouTube channel. Do whatever, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm all over social media, but I don't really do it as well as I'd like to. But you all know what to do. Get the word out. As I said earlier, it has an impact. The left is nervous that their coup may fail. The left is nervous that there's a criminal investigation spurred on by Judicial Watch's investigations. Hillary Clinton is only in court right now because of Judicial Watch. So I don't know what would happen if Judicial Watch weren't around. So that's why I'm quite happy to ask for your report, for your support. And, uh, and of course, those of you currently supporting us, thank you. We can't do it without you. So have a great week, and I'll see you next time, and go next. You have just listened to Tom Fitton's weekly update on JW TalkNet. Remember to subscribe and donate at judicialwatch.org slash donate.